Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today uh, on the podcast, uh, well, this week and the next few weeks, actually, uh, are going to be quite busy uh, with any luck. Uh, We have the Dubai Super Series uh, finals starting on June 4th and 5th, and I'm going to try to get as much much, uh, Super Series-related uh, material out there for you as I can, uh, and that includes today's podcast. As we're uh, we're really happy to have on the podcast uh, Marcos uh, Kern, the man behind Interactive Squash, uh, and uh, he has his company uh, Fun with Balls as well. Uh, he and his uh, international sales rep Gustavo Neto are coming on to the podcast to talk uh, Interactive Squash, uh, what it's all about. Um, in terms of uh, the Super Series final, but also uh, big picture as well, uh, in terms of uh, getting squash, uh, as they say, making it sexy again, and uh, bringing it to the masses. And uh, you'll, uh, if any of you know Marcos, uh, he's had some great videos out there that have been uh, pushing the envelope a bit in terms of uh, the way we present the game, and that's what it's all about. I think uh, with interactive squash, uh, in terms of the technology and in terms uh, within the technology, I think uh, that's the marketing uh, element of it. And uh, uh, he's an outside-the-box thinker. Uh, as he says, he, he's a self-professed uh, pain in the ass at these events, and that's what you need uh, in order to uh, push the game uh, and bring the game back uh, to what it was uh, before the 90s when, uh, when it had more of a broad uh, appeal amongst the people and uh, promoting squash as an activity is his uh, mission right now and he gets into that with uh, Gustavo and also what uh, what lies ahead at the Super Series final. Um, just a couple of things though before we start the podcast uh, with regard to the uh, Super Series final. Uh, feel, uh, sorry to uh, Marwan uh, El Sherbagi. Uh, it came out in the news yesterday that he suffered uh, a groin injury, I believe it was. No, sorry, hamstring injury, uh, which will uh, which uh, have to, he had to withdraw from the Super Series final. So uh, all uh, we just hope you uh, uh, hope for a speedy recovery for Marwan. Uh, but as a result, uh, obviously, uh, as a result of that, uh, Nick Matthew gets a spot in the Super Series final. So the, uh, put the retirement on hold for another event. And uh, we get uh, one last uh, look at uh, a great, great squash player over the years. Nick Matthew will be playing in the event. And who knows? Uh, I mean, he's playing well enough uh, to maybe win it. So uh, wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, we get uh, Miguel Rodriguez winning in the British Open, and then uh, perhaps uh, Nick Matthew uh, signing off on his career with a win at the Super Series final. Well, you never know. Anyways, we'll get to see that uh, all play out, uh, but unfortunately for Marwan, uh, he suffered an injury, and uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. Okay, well, let's get started with uh, today's podcast. Uh, it says episode 32 up on uh, the website, but this is in actuality episode 32. Marcos Kern uh, from Interactive Squash along with Gustavo Neto. Uh, well, welcome to uh, the In Squash podcast. And today uh, we're very uh, happy to have on the, the CEO of the company uh, Fun With Balls and the the man behind uh, Interactive Squash, which we've seen uh, many of us on PSA Squash TV, uh, Marcos Kern, and along with him, uh, Gustavo, uh, I didn't get your 
your family name, Gustavo, sorry. Yeah, family name is Neto. Neto, uh, Gustavo Neto, the international uh, sales manager for Interactive Squash. Guys, thanks a lot for coming on to the podcast, and it's great to see uh, all the great stuff happening uh, with Interactive Squash, uh, at least from what we've seen on uh, Squash TV. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks. Our absolute pleasure, Gary. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, you'll have to bear with me. I'm a bit of a rookie. Uh, this is the first time I've had two people on the podcast, so... Uh, We'll, we'll hopefully, uh, be, hopefully, I'll be savvy enough to navigate the uh, uh, having three of us on. <laughs> no, we're easy with first <laughs> Great. All right. Well, uh, let's get started here. Um, we just um, in January you signed a, a partnership, I think, with the PSA, and it was announced that uh, you know, in terms of statistical tracking. Uh, system at the Swedish Open, I think you call it MoTrack uh, as a nickname, and the Squash TV viewers have seen the benefits of this obviously already. Um, uh, is this the, the key behind uh, the Interactive Squash initiative at the, at the pro level, uh, uh, Marcos? Well, the, 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 the general, what we do with the PSA right now highlights a small part of what the system is capable. I mean, for most pro players, it's a very, very important part. Um, we have a lot of functions that we will be showing pretty soon also in the PSA uh, uh, format. But yeah, generally for us, I mean, the, 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 the pro side is always one of the more important sides to the squash world. And highlighting all these data, which was before just random like feelings and, and yeah, mostly gut feelings um, in, in clear data, obviously helps a lot for every player, trainer, and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we always see, I guess it was Forbes magazine and, and other uh, publications like that that would come out and uh, kind of say uh, squash is one of the, if not the... Uh, uh, best uh, fitness uh, levels uh, can provide you with the best fitness levels in the shortest amount of time. But uh, to see it actually uh, happening uh, in live time, that, that's, that's a new thing. And that's what you bring to the table. I mean, it's, it's always been clear. And I mean, I always actually that Forbes quote, I, I always, uh, I, I like to always make clear that this is a, a magazine that came out before Britney Spears had their, uh, had her first hit. Um, so, so, so it's, I think it's time to re, um, to, to relight that and, and just have a look at the clear things. We obviously are a very, very good thing to do so. Um, I think everybody saw the, the comparison that Nathan Clark wrote for the PSA in terms of the data between the moment match in, uh, in uh, Sweden and a normal match, which was already considered as a long one with Rafael Nadal. Um, and if you just look at the data, it's, it's plain to see like what these guys are doing and the, the, the level of of sportsmanship and athleticism is, is just ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to have seen, uh, the, what was it? Sean Delier and, uh, uh, Leo Al, they, they played, a I guess it was a 155 minute match. That, that was the world mm -hmm. record match, wasn't it? We're not sure. I mean, the good thing is right now with all the matches that we track, as soon as we have a new record, it just lights up. Um, oh, so cool. okay. nobody has to measure this. Nobody has to compare research for us. The longest match so far has been Tarek. Okay. Um, we'll see if maybe Dubai will bring, oh no, actually Dubai is best of three. Uh, but we're very excited and it, it became like a little, 
uh, treasure hunt to everybody uh, involved because we, for example, the commentators with a PSA, they have a live dashboard. So every time a rally finishes, they get pushed all the data. How many balls? How far did play one move? How far did play two move? Like all the distances. So yeah, we're, we're excited to see what, what's going to happen as soon as we can put a spotlight on all these things right now. Yeah. Now, uh, the British Open obviously uh, just concluded and what a fantastic uh, showcase that was uh, for interactive squash as well. Uh, were you happy? How, sorry, how happy were you with uh, the way things played out at the British uh, for interactive squash? Well, for us, if I, if I have to be brutally honest, um, everything that we do with the PSA is we have two main objectives. Uh, the mm -hmm. first objective, obviously, is, is making sure our tech is working and we deliver a good product and we improve it. And the second one is it's in the larger scale of things, making squash a cool sport again and, and working on the image and, and making it grow. So, so all our efforts with the PSA actually go into the second one where we say we wouldn't really need to do it because for us the main point selling our system is that we can deliver a product which will give like squash centers a lot of future revenue and a lot of new players so in order to work with let's say the old type of squash and renew that into something more digital something more interesting that's just something where we say we want to push it because we see that there's great potential in it yeah um from the british open we loved it i mean we also had our interactive wall which is sort of a mini system um of an interactive uh, squash system that you can just put on any wall there everybody loved it like kids played hours and hours and with kids we actually mean everybody under 50 um and uh, the the older folks also had some fun with it so um being there and and sort of selling the new image and and helping everybody to create a little bit of an evolution in terms of this is not just a squash event where people go to watch six squash matches or four clap their hands and leave again um, with 18 90 percent male guests over 60 or over 50 um, as soon as we can get our hands on that we're obviously going to try to to help and, and and shape something new yeah yeah, uh, I guess in terms of the PSA, I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, guys like Lee Beachill and, and uh, Alex Goff and the others who are, are there, uh, they're one of their main KPIs, I would imagine, would be uh, to get squash, uh, to get back that Olympic bid uh, and to make a real run at it. Um, so I'm just, uh, I'm just wondering, uh, uh, I think they, they, they consider interactive squash now as a, something that could help them uh, put, put them poise them for that uh, successful olympic bid what's your uh, what's your impression on that and and do you see it uh, do you see interactive squash having an integral uh, uh, part in that uh, in that goal well i'm very happy you asked that question because especially our work with the psa we we, we selected or when we started working in squash we looked at all the the key stakeholders and players of, of the sport, like from federations to the PSA and all kinds of different players. And one thing that I really would like to mention at that point, the PSA is already far ahead of most of the rest. Um, so, so they're especially Lee, Tommy and Alex, their, their approach where they want to go sort of aligns very, very much with ours, even though we might be much more radical and much more like we see an even bigger picture. Um, and I think there's 
there's still room to improve also on their side in terms of like, for me, it's, it's, it's more a mental thing. It's, it's not even, they do a fantastic job and they've been doing it for the last couple of years. And I, I strongly believe if they wouldn't have had the balls to be like that far um, down the road where they're going right now, a lot of the things wouldn't have happened. Right. Although, even I see a much bigger picture than that. I think one thing that we need to get rid of is this whole Olympic bid. Uh, right now, we have a sport that is, and I'm, I'm just going to be plain straight about it. It's not sexy. It doesn't have a lot of young players, and it's not really something that makes a lot of money. So these three things are the main key objectives to even sit down with the IOC people and talk about it. Instead of that, everybody has the feeling because it's such an old sport and it has so much heritage, they're entitled to play along with the Olympics. Well, um, I, ju I just saw uh, today, it was funny, uh, you know, it, you're, you're right there, squash isn't sexy, especially when you consider uh, skateboarding uh, supposed to be making it to the Olympics, right? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, there's this famous quote of, of uh, I, I forgot his name, of the IOC, the president, where he says, like, the new games for, for Tokyo are all, I think it's, it's, it's rapidly growing, youth-centered, um, and a third term, which obviously doesn't apply to squash as well, um, sports. That why we chose, that's why we chose to, to put them in. So instead of always being this and I'm, I'm known for being a little bit too direct this old grumpy guy being like oh we should be able to play in the olympics and they don't want us blah 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 we should totally forget about that and work on hey we need to make it a younger sport first of all that's growing because nobody invests in anything that's not growing if you're not growing you're slowly dying you there's just two directions there is no no let's keep the middle and just stay you either grow or not um, and the second thing is the image needs to be in a way that it aligns with all the sponsors of the Olympic Games and that it becomes an interesting topic for everybody. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So how do we make, uh, I mean, obviously you, you have a vision for this and interactive squash. I can kind of see uh, where it's going in terms of, uh, uh, of that, uh, bringing it to, to a younger generation and making it uh, marketable that way. Uh, can you just uh, give us sort of what your, your view on this and, and help us see where in what direction you see squash uh, going through uh, the initiatives that you have in mind? Well, well, the good thing is we, we don't just have a vision. We have a clear strategy and we're already in the middle of it. Right. Um, so, <laughs> um, I, I, I started my first company when I was very young. So, so, and most of the topics that I actually worked with were really, really even weirder or harder to achieve than this. Like I have a surf school in North Korea. I've been doing art installations in Antarctica and the Sahara. We've been doing like very, 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 uh, yeah, unconventional shows for, for big companies like Hugo Boss, Mercedes-Benz. So, so I'm a big fan of, of, of the weird stuff. Yeah. Getting squash there is actually quite simple. Um, there's, it's no rocket science. It's no people. Squash is now in a position where, like the structures of federations, the people involved, and always that that momentum of getting stuff done, obviously never established in a way that it can like self propel itself in 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 some kind of way. And it's not easy to be changed because there's like 20, 30 elements that all have to slowly change a little bit in order to create a movement or, or, or a, a general campaign going somewhere. Like very simple example, like the events need to be improved massively. So far, 
all the squash events that I've been to are, I wouldn't even call them events, they're tournaments, is where you go, you watch people play and you leave again. Mm -hmm. um, there's no emotional, nobody would ever like, whatever, right on his chest, I've been to this event, this is what I live for. It's more like... Sorry, Marcus, yeah, were, you, were you involved in the, uh, the Grasshopper Cup at all? I wasn't involved. That's actually the first event where we started like our little stealth campaign. That's also why we have that video, these videos popping up and everything. Mm -hmm. um, it was the first event that, I, that we started with a PSA to sit together and think about what we can do. Because I, really, um, I really noticed that in that event in particular, uh, just... Uh, sort of it just felt like a completely different vibe altogether uh, the event itself the squash obviously was great but uh, the event itself just seemed like something uh, something new had happened uh, they're they're already going in the right direction um i think they're the, the funny thing is there's just small things that need to change what did them really really good is the change of location uh, make it bigger make it more interesting um they had a good pr going around it but still on on compared to normal events like this um it was way too little young people in there the event itself like from the from the drama from the how can you for example when nikki played it was going in that direction he had a huge crowd with him everybody was cheering now the big, the big next step would be as a, as a promoter or as people organizing this to actually work with this in an active way and not just be happy that it happened in terms of like, okay, wow, there was one match which everybody cheered. How can we make that happen with every single match? How can we emphasize on it? How can we amplify it? Um, how can we, I mean, the videos are a very simple thing. The, the videos that the PSA now um, that we now work with a PSA to, to publish. I don't know if you've seen them. It, it started with the Grasshopper, which was sort of our proof of concept where we you just said... the PSA squash uh, update, the, the highlight videos? Is that... No, like there's like this, this emotional, uh, like with a, with a song, Good Morning, and everybody sings along. And it's like cool shots of the event put yeah, together yeah. in a, okay. just like an image movie. Mm -hmm. And the, the funny story behind that is actually I've been telling the PSA, you need to do these more because people don't love squash for the, for the fact that you hit a racket, uh, that you hit a ball with a racket against the wall. And it's like people who can do that really well. They want to have the lifestyle. They want to have the, the passion. They want to see like, look, this is our way of sports and life. Um, so it was actually in a, in a restaurant in, in Canary Wharf when Lee was like, I was complaining again that they need to do it. And it was like, so he was just like, okay, then you do it, show us. Um, <laughs> so we did the first grap the grasshopper ones and now we're working together. Nathan is like Nathan Clark from the PSA is doing an amazing job. Like for the, for the Elguna one, we worked together for the, um, now I don't know if you saw the eighties one uh, for Hull. Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. The, the golden times of squash thing. Right. Yes. I saw um, that. Yeah. And, and these are very, very good instruments to sort of all move more into a direction, making like a squash a very dynamic, very future orientated, very young, very emotional, intense and, and, and sexy uh, sporting and sexy, not in terms of like, oh, you need to wear a shirt squirt in terms of like how attractive is the brand of the sport squash. Right. Right. And uh, yeah. if I add to, to that um, as yeah, well, thanks. Gary. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly like when we were talking about uh, the role with the PSA. 
and where I think we can add the most. Um, because one part, I'd say 50% is this, okay, you have now the metrics, you have the tracking, uh, you have all that information uh, readily available to, to the viewers. And that's great, especially for the people that know Squash, understand Squash, and are interested about it. And the other element is exactly this, what Marcus just said now, is to attract the people who are not normally uh, looking at Squash. And, and that's where we bring in our technology and our vision, um, especially coming from outside of the sport, coming from other backgrounds, to attract people to the sport. So I think all of this, um, you know, it's what we say, you know, like we're not here just to, to sell a, a product. We are here to really change the, the landscape of the sport. So uh, I think all of these initiatives by Marcus, uh, they, help, they help that uh, to be achieved. So in your mind, uh, guys, um, what, what do you really think you can do to, to, to sell it to the younger generation more, uh, more than it obviously uh, than, than it is right now? What, what, kind of, uh, what kind of areas do you need to focus on to bring it uh, to, the, to the younger uh, people? The, the, it, it's a very funny thing because um, on the one side, the squash people are like so over overly proud of their sport and they always think like blah 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 on the other side they always have this low self-esteem not seeing where their sport might be able to go mm -hmm. and if, if, if you talk about what needs to be done to promote the sport more to get it to a better audience the the, the, the main thing is the product itself is super awesome there is no way around it like if you watch if you watch a game if you look at the guys if you look at like just everything involved, the potential there is, it's superb. The, the yeah. problem is the whole marketing around it. There's like way too many hurdles for somebody to just be in and, and fully indulge in it. Very simple example, like for over the last one and a half years, I've been visiting a lot of events. I've been taking a lot of notes and I've been always, because I, 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 I travel quite much. So everywhere I go, most of the times I have some friends there or I know somebody. So I always invited a lot of people to join me and from Philadelphia, Hong Kong, uh, Cairo, I always would just drag people along and they would always be like, squash, mm, uh, I don't know. And I would always <laughs> bring them and, and go like, sit down, watch the match. Tell me what you think. The funny thing is, 90% of the, the, the time is like, wow, that match was really intense, but okay, I'm, I'm going to go now because this is kind of boring here. Right. Now. Okay. Right. Something else happening. It's like, so the whole, it's like you have the best stuff in the missing. world. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he's like in the gas station in the back of like uh, the, the Spanish Pyrenees, uh, like cooking like amazing food. And as long as people don't want to go there and it's like way too far away and kind of smells like gasoline all over, it's, it's not going to be that grand thing. You need to put that guy in the center of a city in a good place and you need to have a nice waiter. You need to have good tables and all that stuff is sort of lacking. And I right. think nowadays with people, people demand that you can't just say no, but you have to go there because it's the best food and be like a purist about it. You have to deliver the full package. Now uh, I noticed uh... In your I noticed you, you posted your itinerary, Marcos, up on uh, Facebook, and you've got uh, quite a few uh, days uh, here in Dubai, uh, I guess over almost two weeks. So uh, the stage is obviously uh, huge here, and the opportunity is huge because you have the, I think, 
uh, a venue where you have a lot of young, there are a lot of young people in Dubai and it's a vibrant, uh, exciting place to be. So what, what do you, uh, what's in store for you and interact, interactive squash in Dubai over the next, uh, uh, two weeks or so? Well, it's basically quite simple. We have a lot of inquiries from Dubai. So all the places okay. where I go to days, like I either go to either explain the system to people or sign, uh, sign them up or even like check the installation. We also do a lot of training once the, the, the system is up. So I take a portion of that as well because I just want to be down at the basis. In Dubai, I think the main part is, I mean, Gustavo is going to be there with me. So, yeah. so uh, he's taking care of all the, the, the simple things for me it's we're gonna have a very special surprise in dubai at the event um it's gonna be a uh, world's first um which okay. is gonna be really interesting to see uh, and that fits the the dubai profile world's first exactly exactly <laughs> um so uh yeah let's let's hope that all um goes well and takes off and everybody loves it um for me the the reason why i always stay a lot a lot of days at this event is I like to be like, take a look at the videos. The videos are done with no budget. It's basically just a proof that if you have a good idea, everybody comes along and nobody wants something extra. I mean, the, the video that you saw of the 80s, it's a very, very simple idea. Like people stop complaining or, or stop talking about the good old times, focus on squash in the future. How do we make that point in a way that everybody says, wow, that's cool. You get all the players, you dress them up, you have funny situations, you, you, you spend some magic on, on editing the video, and that's it. Um, so for me, the potential to connect the dots is all there. So I need to spend time there. We were like, we're also connected with a lot of initiatives around the whole thing right now. So yeah, I feel like half of my time by now I'm coaching, um, uh, like to, to get everybody understand the potential and move along. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just love the vibe. I mean, I, I chose, it's, it's always important to understand, I chose squash for a reason. Um, it's not, I'm a squash player and I always love the sport, blah, blah, blah. I was like, which sport can I improve in a way that it really makes a difference? Where do I see the biggest potential? And yeah, so we stick with squash. And so far is like the more time you can spend there and tweak those little uh, things, the better it is. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's so true. I mean, just in my opinion, I think, obviously, I've been a squash player for a long time. And it just seems like, yeah, the game, there have been little things that have changed, obviously, the, the lowering of the tin, the scoring. But beyond that, uh, nothing, and, and the racket technology and things like that. But beyond those things, nothing's really changed in the game. And I think something well, like, thing, uh, sorry. Yeah. The thing is, people are too okay. Yeah. I don't know why. That's one thing. Well, squash, squash is such a small community. Like we always say as squash players, oh, it's a, such a small community. And, 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 you know, that's nice to hear, isn't it? But I don't think it's the right thing to hear. Especially no, a, a small community is cool. Yeah. Climbing is a small community, but they're in the Olympics and everybody, if you go into a bar and says, hey, I'm a rock climber, people say, wow, cool, you must be the coolest guy on the planet. If you go in and say, hey, I'm a squash player, people, oh, people still play that? I thought that's like after the 90s, it stopped. <laughs> um, so, so you work on that. And I don't like, that's also when, when I'm at these events, like I'm known to be a pain in the ass for everybody. 
Um, right. But everybody still is okay with that because I'm the guy running around and saying, okay, that lighting is, is crap. You need to do it better. People are coming. They're paying a ticket. They want to have a great experience. You can't just switch on and off the lights. You have to make it a super amazing experience. So, were, you, uh, were you involved in Dubai last year at all? Uh, no, not really. No, no, no. I was that, there, that, that but the venue I, was quite dark. I, I remember that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, but that that goes with the uh, with the whole theater thing. I didn't understand yeah. it too much. It was in the I, opera I, house, I think. Dubai opera. I personally like the 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 venue, but I wouldn't have chosen it um, because it's for me. I think the whole thing that makes squash great is like this approach of like this emotional closeness whatever it is like you need to be really close to the player you need to be like you need to see them sweat in the moment when they're like in between matches like all this emotional you yeah. need to be right there well the so, hall so venue seemed really it seemed ideal it just seemed like all the the uh, the gallery was sort of right on top of uh, the players yeah yeah well i mean yeah yeah I, it, it, it always depends. And, and the good thing is, another thing is squash is not a big thing yet. So with, especially with the PSA guys, like if you want to find out something, do it. Um, don't, don't be hesitant. That's also another thing. Like, um, I mean, I come from Germany. There's nobody worrying more than the Germans in general. So before you change <laughs> something, you have like 10,000 reasons not to do it. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm glad I don't have that trait, but squash as, as small as it is, should have taken advantage of that for the last couple of years, nonstop. Try that. Okay. Fail terribly. Do it again. And yeah. um, people are going to forgive you. You come up with the next thing and it's going to be a super, super amazing, uh, element or initiative. Go for it. Now, uh, Gustavo, I, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I've played squash uh, all over Dubai and, uh, I'm guessing, uh, are, are, are you going to Dubai as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'll yeah. be there. Yeah. And actually, I just got a, one question. Um, I've played, uh, they've got some incredible venues. Uh, you, prob you probably are aware. Jumeirah Beach Hotel, the Madnet Zayed. The, yeah. uh, uh, there are several venues along the, the Jumeirah Beach there. And then there's the, the Aviation Club, which is where they hold the tennis every year. Uh, the, the ATP Tennis Super Series uh, Finals, I guess the equivalent to that in tennis. Uh, so will you be uh, venturing to these venues and uh, uh, seeing what, what you can do with interactive squash there? Absolutely, absolutely. They're definitely um, good targets for us. Uh, I think the main thing uh, in terms of the approach, uh, our approach with interactive squash in Dubai, and it's a great scenario for that, is to promote squash not only uh, talking about squash itself, but talking about it as an activity. Uh, yeah. Because that's what, you know, people are always looking for in Dubai. They're looking for always for new, exciting things to do. Uh, that's always like the number one thing, you know, like, uh, of course, you have this super uh, work uh, uh, fanatic uh, society because it's people that are there for, for to make money, of course. But on the other hand, you, they want to enjoy. So their free time is very, very important. So this is what I'm focusing on, and I think, you know, with our, uh, with Interactive Squash, because our product, we haven't talked about that much, but the whole interactive part uh, is the, the projection you have, you know, on the front wall, and all of the, this tracking that we do with the PSA is allowing the interactivity of the games to, to, for you to have an immersive experience. And it's, it's a really cool activity, for, even for a person that has, you know, have never played squash in their life, 
from day one they can have fun. So this is what we need to promote in Dubai. And we need to get you know, a couple of people that are coming on board uh, with that. And as soon as the, the first person starts, and that's you know, the experience we're having now in the US, uh, with Sean Moxon, of course, um, yeah. he was in the post podcast, I think, a couple of editions ago, and uh, now in New York with two upgraded courts and going for the third one already. It's that, you know, there are already lists of uh, people um, going there to, to play uh, on, the, on our system and to learn from it and to, to look for upgrades. So we just had, for example, the whole uh, guys from US Squash were there the, the last week. The guys from uh, Harvard are going next week. So, yeah, we just need to, to get this first uh, uh, venue on board in Dubai. And from there, I, I'm sure all of this that we mentioned here, they will just uh, follow suit. Yeah, the, uh, and the venues there are fantastic. I guess uh, you've been in touch with Emirates Golf Club as well, Andy Meach, uh, and they've got a great facility there. Um, I think if, uh, you know, if you can manage to, uh, to get things rolling in those venues, it's just, it, it would spread like, uh, like wildfire. Mm. Well, Absolutely. I mean, one, one of the things is that, I mean, to come back to that, the main aspect that the system does really, really, really well is it gets you addictive within no time, addicted within no time. And it's really, really easy for, for people who never play squash. Um, we always talk about the 75-25 ratio. So 75% of the customers that we have on an interactive squash system, they've never picked up a racket in their life. Um, not saying that these 75 people are going to be the ones saying, okay, I, I want to be a professional athlete at some point, but it brings in new revenue. It brings in new faces. It brings in new blood. There's always like, it, it, it is for some courts that we already installed. It is the life-saving, uh, the lifeline because they're like the numbers in squash are going down. So what are you going to do? Um, in Dubai, that means that the, the, especially with the huge expat community, this thing Spreading like wildfire is the right term because whoever played a computer game and has a lack of activity is our target group. And we yeah. haven't had a single person that we put on a court who said like, yeah, I don't know. Everybody that we put on a court so far is like, okay, this is super awesome. Like I want to do it again. Um, but there's a lot of awareness that we have to create before, obviously. No, exactly. Now, uh, I think one, I was do, uh, just in doing my research uh, for this, uh, I noticed that you had a air, what was it, airport uh, squash, interactive squash last yeah. year uh, in the Munich airport. Uh, and uh, I, I thought, wow, that, I mean, as a squash player, obviously, I'd love to, uh, to try it myself. But uh, how did that go uh, for you? And, and do you have anything like that in the pipeline uh, down the road? Yeah, we're, we're definitely, so, so it worked really, really well. Um, it's probably interesting to, um, to, to explain how the whole thing happened in the first, um, uh, from the first uh, situation. So we reached out to a lot of federations and we tried to do this and we tried to, and everybody was like, yeah, you can't do this. You're not going to get a sponsor. Blah. You know, like there's always these naysayers preventing like momentum in the first step already. We say, wouldn't it be great to have like events where there's not a tournament just to put a court and get everybody on board and promote the sport? And everybody that we met was like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, oh, that would be nice, but, but. So we said, okay, we're going to do it. And we went to the airport. We told them, hey, we, we're not going to pay you a single do uh, euro. We want to have that court right in the middle. Uh, we went to 
uh, rower, they went on board. We even went to the people providing like the uh, projection uh, equipment and everything because we're a startup. We, we obviously, we're not earning money, not earning money enough to even be, uh, uh, to even break even. So we can't afford doing stuff like that. And it worked like a charm. Like we were there for 10 days. Weather was super cold. That was the only thing. But there's like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people who, who loved it. Yeah. Uh, what about in a, in a place, I mean, Dubai uh, International Airport, especially the, the Emirates uh, version of it, uh, that would be a great venue as well. Absolutely. That's one of the parts uh, where we hope to have some meetings with potential partners. Um, because for that, obviously, we would need uh, a brand or, or a sponsor or anybody who would uh, take care of the, of the initial costs um, to come in. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we called it Airport Squash from the very beginning, because it's, it's not going to be f strictly focused on airports, but it <laughs> makes sense in a larger scale. If you have a good product, which is in this case the Sports Squash plus our interactive squash solution, show it to the people. Bring it to the places where there's a lot of people. We still have people playing in Munich today, like an, on a very regular basis, um, that just landed their flight in Munich, walked out and saw, okay, they spent two hours with us and then they ask us, where can I play it? And they're now well-paying customers. They love it. They become a, 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 a good part of the sports community in squash in Munich. And nobody ever told them before. Yeah. Oh, you, I mean, look at another great example or great possibility would be a, a big like giant mall like Dubai Mall, for example. Set something up in the, uh, in the middle of that place and definitely get uh, people uh, excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, Gary, the other um, way to look at Dubai and, of course, with the events and also with the different facilities is that, you know, people in Dubai, they're very uh, well aware of the importance of optimizing every square meter of, uh, of a business. So if, either that be on a shopping mall or on a fitness center or on a squash club, they know like the rents are very expensive to maintain stuff in Dubai. You know, it takes a lot of money. So every single corner of a shopping mall or a gym there, you find that they're, they're well utilized. So that's, you know, great for us because it's really aligned with uh, our approach and what we try to, to coach and to work with the different centers that they can use the technology and they can use, you know, the latest um, gaming um, technology to motivate people to be using this space as much as possible. So now, for example, we have uh, done a few case studies, um, business case studies with the centers we already upgraded. And, you know, we're talking about, um, like, if you're not having 250 hours played on, on a squash court at your center, you can do more. You can do a lot more. So that's, yeah. that's kind of, you know, something that in Dubai, if we say we know that they're going to buy into it like really quickly because, okay, yes, yes, let's do it because we really can do it. So it's, there are less barriers. Uh, so really excited about that. Absolutely. And uh, you, you alluded to it earlier, uh, Sean Moxon, uh, uh, his uh, facility has just, just rolled out uh, Interactive Squash and I had him on the podcast and he's obviously uh, very excited about it uh, from a coaching perspective uh, and I guess from a business perspective, I'm not sure, but uh, definitely from a coaching perspective and he alluded to the fact that he's going to uh, get started with his um, uh, higher end uh, coaching again with the top players in the world 
uh, along with uh, those just in the, the normal squash community. So uh, given that, uh, do, you, do you expect uh, uh, interactive squash to start to, uh, to grow uh, even more in the U.S.? I think, I think yeah. Um, like I said, for us, there's the two very, very interesting approaches are the general masses where you just say, okay, listen, we, we need to get paying customers in the door. This can be a great thing. The other thing is it's going to change a lot how we actually train like more professional athletes, how we train alone, how we compare ourselves on a worldwide um, basis. Like with, with the next updates, you basically can, you can do your training routines and you're going to get a message if you want, obviously, um, that somebody just uh, beat your high score. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like all these elements, like if I compare you now to Mohammed El Shabagi, like, I don't know. Like, uh, you don't want to go there, man. I'm, I'm kicking his ass. <laughs> I, I, I compared it myself to Simon and I know I'm at 6% of his skills. So <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think it doesn't get any worse. Yeah. I work 14 hours a day. I've seen the squash court the last time, I think like two months ago and I really want to go badly. Um, so um, uh, I think there's, there's a lot of elements that we don't even know about. Sean and I, um, spoke about this recently and we're going to be working on some apps from his side, um, some, some open apps, which everybody can use, but also some exclusive stuff where he says, okay, this is like his tools, how he envisions the system to be like really, really like to, to work with it on a very professional level and tweak out these things that we might not even be aware of. Well, he's a because great guy he, to have in, in your corner, isn't he? I mean, he's the, the arguably one of the great, uh, best coaches in the world, uh, uh, taking David well, to the well, top. From the mindset, guy. I, I absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Um, he's, he's one of the, he's super switched on. He knows exactly what he's doing. And for me, I, I always like, for me, you can be a great trainer if you're not in the right mindset. I wouldn't, I wouldn't see the potential. But he and Caitlin, like together, they're like the super dream team, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna like, they're gonna go places. Um, but very simple thing. I mean, for example, with with the whole tech, we don't even know some of the things that we might find. Like if I give you six kids and I just let them play any like random swing a racket, do whatever you want. So with the, with the technology proceeding every day, there's a lot of things that we can learn which we're probably not even aware of. Let's say you put six kids in a, uh, on a squash court with rackets and just let them play half an hour each. Um, you wouldn't, a good trainer might see potential in one or the other. Um, but for us, it, it comes, I'm not saying this is the only thing, but having the data to see like how fast did kid number one learn how well did he react? How well did he plan his moves in the court? Just getting this basic data is already going to define like, that's like very, very interesting insight to, to which, like how to train who and where to proceed with which player. And then on, on the professional uh, level for us, it's very, very simple. The best way to train somebody is to have him like as much motivated as you could have him. And being alone in a court for a solo training for two hours is a very, very dull thing. Um, you're just, you're, you're practicing your shot over and over. If I can make that into a gamified task and tell you, okay, listen, let, I bet you can't score better than you did yesterday. Let's focus on you doing drives for half an hour and each one has to be more precise. It becomes a game and it's much, much more enjoyable. And obviously 
we all know that everything that we learn that we love is easier. It also gives uh, not only the player, but the coach the opportunity to, to track what his players are doing um, uh, in their training as well. Yeah. One, one thing that we're going to be rolling out, hopefully by end of the year, is remote coaching, where you don't even have to be present, but you get all the data, you get all the visual feeds, you can speak with that person on a court, but you're sitting on your laptop in a cafe. Exactly. Well, you see a little bit of that. Uh, I mean, obviously, with uh, with squash TV, you you get uh, a lot of players uh, texting or using WhatsApp in between games. Now, with uh, with uh, this new technology, I mean, the the people who are utilizing it are going to uh, to have a little bit of an advantage, don't you think? Of course, um, we already feel that right now. In the very beginning, like people or like players were like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I really want to have one. You should talk with my center, with my coach. And then you reached out to the coach and the center was like, yeah, it's still so expensive. Blah, blah, blah. And like the, the conversation died off after a while because, oh, we have to speak with the board. We have to apply for the budget. It's also complicated. I mean, squash in general, like the industry is quite comfy and slow. Um, now we're feeling like slowly people are realizing like players, I'm not going to say any names here. It's like, okay, Marcus, 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 I, I realized this. I saw your video with the ghosting. I saw this. Blah, blah, blah. Can I get that data? I mean, after every match, there's a player standing at our desk. He's like, okay, how much did I run? How fast was I? So with this growing, growing, we, we have a few individual players already going like, okay, listen, I need to get this as soon as I can because they realize if somebody has like a system like that, um, around his corner and they can spend three hours on court being like super, super happy about it and like highly motivated to just gonna get on it even though they played already a couple of hours. Um, that's going to change the scales a little bit. Um, well, well yeah, Gustavo, so. Gustavo, you might be able to answer this uh, question for us. Uh, I did ask uh, Sean Moxham and at the time I get, uh, I didn't realize he was probably not privy to or wasn't, he wasn't the, the best guy to ask, but Gustavo, uh, what would you say to people uh, like squash uh, uh, management or, or you know, owners of squash clubs or boards, as you alluded to, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the cost uh, of, of buying an interactive squash system? And, and uh, you know, obviously it, it will cost a, a little bit of money. What do you say to people who or naysayers who might say it costs too much? Yeah, so basically the way you approach that and when people ask me about numbers, I always show them first how much money they can make and then <laughs> how much money it costs. So yeah. uh, I think that's, that's kind of uh, been working out well for us um, because we, as I said, we have a couple of uh, business cases that we are uh, developing now with the centers that, you know, upgraded um, earlier on the year and or later next, uh, late last year and we already have some solid uh, data. Um, and that's the first thing we kind of uh, show to to new um, clubs that want to get you know in in line to, to trade. And so, first of all, we are talking about um, increasing the the usage of the courts, and uh, we are talking about the extra revenue on top of let's say the the year to year comparison of uh, what they were doing before the upgrade. So. Mm -hmm. We have examples right now that, you know, monthly the center's earning 1.5 to 3.5 thousand euros extra a month uh, after the upgrade. So that's the first thing, you know, like we kind of see that um, people get a little bit more, you know, with the eyes open and they're like, 
more receptive <laughs> to whatever yeah. we have to say. Um, and then, of course, we come in with a price. The price, usually, I say, you know, like a lot of centers, they are not waiting so much to go ahead and buy, you know, four like nice uh, top of the range, whatever treadmills for the, the fitness area. And what maybe they don't realize is that our se- uh, system costs just, just about that much, actually. Right. So we're talking about 33,000 uh, euros. That's for the whole uh, hardware upgrade. Mm-hmm. And so, and then from that, uh, basically, we don't earn much at this uh, stage with the system. Just to give you an idea, everything is assembled in Munich, in our uh, in Germany at the moment. Uh, so it's and all the components are top top notch. So we don't focus so much on capitalizing on the hardware itself. Uh, what we do and what allow us to to be flexible in terms of um, upgrades on the software side and always having, you know, new and more interactive games is then uh, a license fee that we, that we have um, monthly with the centers. I just had a funny conversation in Hull um, because for me, it's always quite, quite, I like to play with these situations a lot. And there was like the center owner and he came in and somebody introduced us to me, uh, him to me and said, Oh yeah, you're doing the interactive sports. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. For us, it doesn't make sense. Like our center is like, we just opened it a couple of months ago. It was close by to, to Hull. Um, and we're doing so well. So I don't even like, we, we wouldn't invest like, because right now we're like going crazy. And like, he totally was like, and then he was like, okay, so, 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 so how, when did you open? He was like, yeah, six months ago, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, so you're fully booked. And he's like, yup, it's like, it's crazy. Like people are just like, wow. So it's like, wow, you must be like, you must be making like 20 grand per month uh, with one sport, with one court. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, it's like, yeah, you're fully booked. That's like 24 hours. And he was like, no, 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 no. We're only open 14 hours. I was like, yeah, still, I mean, what do you charge? He was like, yeah, 10 pounds. I was like, well, that's not much, but still, I mean, if you're having 14, it's 140 pounds a day times 30. So you must be, wow, you're, you're loaded. You're making five grand plus on every court. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, like fully booked, like four and a half to five hours a day. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you started at fully booked. Now you're going down to 4.5 hours a day, meaning like you're not even at 50% booked. You're like at 40, whatever percent book. And you're having a super low price because in the UK, obviously over the last couple of years, nobody really worked on his product. Everybody just worked on making it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And the UK actually has one of the lowest rates per hour that we've seen internationally, um, except countries like India, where obviously the, the, the currency comes in. And then it was like, yeah, okay. So I was like, okay, you're far. So you're not making a lot of money. You're not like, a squash court basically brings in between 1,200 and 1,500. It's like, yeah. yeah. So, and then he was like a little bit <laughs> set on like, Okay. Every center that we work with, if they say they only have like the, 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 the magic place where we say now you're good is 250 hours per month. If right. you don't rent a court out at least eight hours a, a day, you have a problem. You need to work on your approach. You need to do something or you're having, you're having some issue somewhere you need to fix. So what the interactive squash court does is allows them to book the courts out more, more frequently throughout the day, basically is what you're. Well, it depends on your business model. There's a lot of differences, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, because in the UK, you also have a lot of club uh, membership clubs. Mm -hmm. Um, For us, it's very simple. There's two different economics. It's like 
what's your usage time and how, which, what's the percentage of how much do people actually pay for it? Uh, in the beginning, when you open up a court, you're obviously giving out a lot of free hours for everybody to try. Um, example right now that, uh, that we handed out all the numbers is, is Holland. It's, it's a small city of Alphen. I think it's 30,000 people in that city, about one and a half hours away from Amsterdam. Nothing special, like tennis center. They're doing good work. They have a couple of squash courts left, which stayed there since the 90s. They were considering taking some down, and Mark Welcome was like, no, let's rather go for interactive squash. They're looking now at between 250 and 320 hours per month wow. of the court being used. The additional hours that they book the system for an added price ranges between, uh, I think, 110 and 160. So these 160 hours are people who would never have set foot in that court or whatever. Um, and they're like new customers at times where the center would never be booking uh, a squash court, like on a whatever Tuesday afternoon at one o'clock. Right, people coming with their kids after school. Um, yeah, that, so, so, that opens it definitely opens the door to to after school activities that that the kids would be would be uh, more likely to get into, and not something that the parents would drag them to. And the kids, I mean, they're they're addicted from the first second. Like we have at the courts, we have there's constantly any like every couple of days there's like incidents of like kids lying on the floor yelling screaming and like other people have to go on court but that kid just played because sometimes they share like four or five kids and then every two kids are allowed to go on the court and then one didn't go for the last minute it's it's ridiculous but it's fun to watch yeah. um but yeah i mean what we what we what people have to understand is it's not a squash related thing that you put on top it's more like how do you get your business model ready for the 21st century in order not to die because the amount of squash players uh, because they're over age um, are slowly fading out yeah because a year old that that hurts his ankle he's not coming back no exactly now um, just uh, before we before we finish I, I, I mean personally I think this is a great initiative and uh, the stuff that I've seen which is uh, mostly been on PSA squash TV and the, the videos that you've shown uh, online are, are exceptional and and i really do think uh, uh this will help uh, elevate the the popularity of the game now you you alluded to uh in dubai some, a, a bit of a surprise now i know you don't want to let the cat out of the bag uh, uh just yet but uh sort of just uh, before we go give us a, a bit of um sort of an update in terms of uh what we can expect uh on uh, uh at the super series final from uh interactive squash TV and maybe a little hint as to what uh, what's in that bag well it's it's our product in a different in a different approach um, for me the main key to make so so it's it's our strategy is very simple squash needs to make more money in order to make more money in general every player every coach every center every everybody involved in the sport should be making money from it in order for it to grow mm -hmm. in order to have that you need very a lot of steps you need more players you need more sponsors you're not going to attract sponsors by just sell, telling them like look we're doing squash events you need to sell them a vision you need to make it more appealing you need to make it more visual you need to make it more digital you need to have a super super cool project where everybody wants to be a part of it 
So, yeah, going in that direction, uh, I mean, hopefully most of the people from the area are going to have their tickets ready anyways. Uh, come by, come by, and you'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, uh, Marcos, and look forward to meeting both you guys uh, in Dubai. Uh, maybe, maybe bring your racket and we can, uh, we can have a hit. Oh, trust me, if I do that, I'm going to destroy all the good picture that you have of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, thanks so much uh, for coming on uh, today. It was great. And uh, all the best uh, with the initiative. I really, you know, I think this is a great, uh, great thing for squash going forward. We need to inject, like you said, new young life into the game to bring it, uh, bring the popularity back uh, to the young people. And uh, I think interactive yeah. squash is definitely well, going down. The, thank you so the much for having us because your part is part of that whole thing too. Like people need to be much, much more on the sidelines of what hap what's happening. They need to have deeper insights. They need to get the thoughts and, and, uh, and ideas and everything from the people involved. And, and your podcast is, is an example for that. Well, um, yeah, we thanks need a lot. I mean, I started, the reason I started this podcast is because, I mean, podcasts are kind of old now but uh there were no squash podcasts that i could find that were doing weekly things so i just thought why not do it myself and now we've got that but we also have interactive squash and let's see it uh let's see hopefully that that it brings the game to the masses again it will we're 100 percent yeah. sure about that let's do it okay marcos gustavo mm -hmm. thanks so much and uh, look forward to uh catching you catching up with you guys uh, in dubai Yes. See you for some Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, boys. Thanks, okay, Gary. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Well, thanks again so much, uh, Marcos and Gustavo. That was really interesting stuff. Uh, thinking of ways to, to make squash uh, popular again, especially with the young people. It's only going to, uh, to help the game. And uh, as you could hear, I mean, uh, Marcos has really, uh, really got some great ideas and some uh, outside-the-box uh, thinking in terms of how to do that. So we're going to see a little bit of a play out. He has a big surprise for us, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what it is uh, on day one of the event. So everyone stay tuned for that. You'll see it on PSA Squash TV, I'm sure. And uh, stay tuned for initiatives like this uh, in your uh, neck of the woods. Maybe Interactive Squash will make its way uh, to you, and uh, you can find ways to get uh, involved and uh, get the younger generation involved in the game as well. I'm sure they'll, they'll find it fr uh, fun, and, um, and you can see from the, the technology that they have, I'm sure the younger kids will... Uh, really enjoy it and get them out of the house, uh, get them away from the, the Xbox and, uh, and their uh, mobile phones and what they do just sitting down on the sofa all day. Um, anyways, enjoy uh, uh, your squash this week, and uh, we have a few more episodes, hopefully, uh, with uh, the theme of the PSA Super Series Final, which gets underway uh, in a few days. I'm really looking forward to that, and once again, um, we hope that Marwan uh, uh, recovers, uh, Marwan El Sherbagi recovers from his hamstring injury. That's going to keep him out of the Super Series final. But uh, as a result, uh, Nick Matthew gets one last kick at the can, so to speak. And, uh, geez, we might see what an ending to the season. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, Miguel Rodriguez pulling off uh, the British Open. 
And uh, wow, wouldn't it be interesting and wouldn't it be fascinating to see uh, see off Nick Matthew with a Super Series uh, title in his hand at the end of the week. Anyways, uh, enjoy your squash, and thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye now.